Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. We're going live in three, two, one. All right, guys, welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. So I'm a little giggly because Cam's trying to make me laugh over here. He said, "I'm gonna make you laugh." There's but no, there's no trying. I'm, I'm, I'm succeeding. You're, he's succeeding very, very well. You know why? Do you know why I have to try? Someone he told me that people are approaching him in the streets and say, "Hey, by the <laughs> way, your podcast is great." And, and they asked him, and he asked him, "Why? What do you like about it?" They say, "Animal's funny." <laughs> I'm like, so if Animal's funny, am I just the, am I just the nerd? What does that mean? What does well, that mean? What does that mean for me? Cam's the brains. I'm just here for the good time. You're you're the bronze. <laughs> the brown bronze. <laughs> I'm here for the good time, Cam. And the long time. We're making fit health and fitness fun. Again. All right, guys. Again. I don't know if it was ever fun, but for the first time. For the first time. All right, guys, like and subscribe to the podcast. Oh, man, we completely skipped that, didn't we? Yeah, you, you know the you drill. Just, you just got on your high horse thinking you're so funny over there. I, I don't think I'm funny, but thank, I'm flattered, guys. Thank you. All right, back up. <laughs> you know the drill. Like and subscribe. Leave a review. Tell people around you. Anything else? Is that it? I, I think that's I think that's it, right? I think that's okay. it. What are we talking about today, Annabelle? <sighs> Is it real? Is it not? Is it a bird? It's a plane. Is it a bird or a plane? It's bro science. <laughs> but specifically, it's about the mind and muscle connection. Yeah. You hear this a lot in the gym. You probably hear a bros. lot. You probably hear a lot of things in the gym. Yeah, you hear a lot of things. So that's why we're uh, headphones. So I don't hear anything. So <coughs> yeah, today's topic is the mind muscle connection. Is mm-hmm. it bro science? So. As we're saying, you probably hear a lot of things in the gym. Do this. Don't do that. Try this. Don't try, you know, all these different things. And a lot of the times they're almost presented as facts. You know, the person might have a good physique, you know, they might be healthy or whatever. And they say these things. You're like, whoa, is that, is that true? Do I, do I need to be doing these things? And, you know, there's probably some truth behind a lot of some of the bro science. And then there's a lot of not true things behind bro science. So before we even get into the main topic, I want to talk about what is bro science and what is the mind muscle connection. And then we can actually get into, uh, the, the how and the why behind all this. So bro science is essentially, you know, sharing advice or, um, maybe like personal, um, testimony is not the right word, personal experience that is presented as facts but with no scientific basis. Does that make sense? No, it does. Um, so like, I, I thought this was a funny one. Like there's a, I found this quote. It said, bro, did you know adding two scoops of coconut oil to your coffee increases your IQ by 20 points? And that would be considered, you know, bro science. Like there's, Or like this one that I was telling Cam earlier. I thought it was funny. What'd you say? The sensory deprivation. So they say if you're doing a barbell curl, if you close your eyes and you... uh Make it really quiet around you. You'll be able to feel the bicep more. It'll get bigger. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we, we got to talk about these things. Is like, 
<laughs> that is that like the worst advice ever? And it's like probably probably not the worst advice, but if it's presented as fact, like you no, gotta th- do, man. This is the way it is. When there's really you know not a lot of research or if any behind it at all, I think that's when pro science it actually gets a bad name because I do think there's some pros and there's definitely some cons with pro science. You know, like one of the pros would be, you know, these people who are sharing this advice, they are putting in the work. And there is something to be said about that. The people who actually do the work and get the result, that that, that does speak for itself. Like, I'm not trying to put any of that down. Oh, no, for sure. For some of these uh, guys in the gym that have a pr- impressive physique. But that isn't all, that's not the whole story, you know. And another pro is, you know, they're disciplined. For sure, like you have to be disciplined to get to that type of yeah. And most of those guys have been at it for years, right? And and they're basically trying to better themselves. So I, I definitely think there's some pros of pro science of like putting the work in, but there's also some, some cons. <clears throat> kind of like that little quote from earlier. <laughs> it can be misleading. It can be very misleading. I should say that. Uh, it could be almost. It could almost lead to burnout. Like so, if you're you know if it worked for you but you're presenting it to someone as fact and telling them they have to do this and they're doing it and it's not working, that can lead to burnout. It's mm. like, well, if that is true, why isn't it working for me? Almost as, as if this is this is the one thing that changed my right. body. Right, yes, exactly. And then it could also be potentially dangerous. You know, there, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're you know, telling someone to eat, I don't know, a bunch of, you know, sodium and Pop-Tarts before you go work out because you want... Uh, a good muscle pump and carb loading. It's like, what if that person has diabetes or diabetes or have some sort of like heart condition? Like you, they might not need all that. So, uh, you know, there's different things like that where it can be potentially dangerous. Yeah. And I think with most things we've talked about in other episodes, there is the, sometimes you you just need to get 80% right. You know, if you're 80% of the way there, you're going to see results, meaning focusing on the primary things that we've talked about, like compound lifts, progressive overload, now we're doing like the other 20, you know, the other thing that can help a little bit more. So don't get too lost in the weeds. Yeah. You actually had a really good example about uh, bro science. Oh, I did. So most of you guys either watch sports, play sports, and you've seen whatever that might be, football, football, baseball, whatever. And you see a player trying to become a coach. They're like a superstar athlete. They were great. And it doesn't always work out. Just because they were a great athlete doesn't always mean they're going to be a great coach. They may not know how they got there because maybe they were really talented, naturally gifted, and they may think it was, what, what's the example we said? Was it the coconut oil? And yeah. they saw the coconut oil or the certain stretch or the certain lift or move. That's what really changed their game. Maybe. And maybe it, not. And maybe it was just their genetics. Exactly. And there, there's a lot more that goes into it whenever you're – player to a coach different skills a different mindset helping people progress to get to where they are now they may not even know how they got there so there's a lot that goes into it so stay in your lane people so yeah <laughs> oh and there's something else with that too because i really i really like that analogy that Annabelle brought up and there was something that i i heard in in school and it and it, it, it really does apply to this where it, one of my professors would always say the person who knows how will always work for the person who knows why so like some of these guys and gals might know how to do something or how much to eat or all this kind of stuff, 
But if they don't know why, like why does that work? Why does that work? Mm-hmm. The, if you know why, you can always learn the how. That's not the issue. The hard part is actually understanding why, and that the person who knows how will always work for the person who knows why. How does the systems work? Why is it working in this way? And then the how is just kind of follow the uh, follow suit. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I feel like we're taking shots at people. But have you ever seen those take workout the, programs? Where they just add a bunch of leg exercises, a bunch of chest exercises. And like, why are you? This workout, this one day has like six lifts or or even more, and they're just thinking that again the how that this one lift that they hurt somewhere is the key benefit, but maybe they don't understand why, like how it's progressing, why maybe they pick that lift over the other ones, and, and you're over here just adding all of them into your routine. Well, we have a client right now who had a, uh, a coach design them a workout program, and it was like a bodybuilder's advanced routine. Like there was, they weren't even doing three sets of things. There was four sets. They were blasting over like eight exercises for one muscle group. And she was like getting, she was, she couldn't even walk. She was so <laughs> sore. And this had been going on for a couple of weeks and she was still like overly sore because that was like an advanced routine. They were just throwing a bunch mm-hmm. of volume and exercises in. So we had to totally revamp her routine and, and get her on a better one. But yeah, just as you're saying, Annabelle, like maybe those are good exercises. I'm not batching yeah. them, but you don't know where they're at or how to actually properly get them. And you're looking at maybe, like you said, a per- pro bodybuilder who's able to do that much volume because they're more advanced. So that's kind of what we're getting at. Right. So that's kind of what we're talking about when we say bro science. Then there's the mind muscle connection. So we, we had alluded to this in a previous episode about the 10, our top 10 isolation exercises and how we believe isolation exercises are a great way to, to, to develop this. But essentially what this connection is, is when somebody, if you internally focus on squeezing and contracting a muscle. That's what we're talking about, the mind to the muscle. And the greater that connection is, we believe the greater the contraction of that muscle can be. So here's a little a little uh, experiment. So if you're listening to this podcast, and I mean, I guess if you're driving, that should be fine too. What we want you to try is to contract, just as you're sitting there, just contract your bicep. Try your left side try your right side, try doing both, but try not to contract any other muscle. So don't let your shoulders kick in. You shouldn't feel your triceps also isometrically contract. You should just try to isometrically contract your bicep, the left and the right. Try your calf muscle as you're sitting there. Try and contract your calf, left then the right. Try both. Are you turning on other muscles while you're doing it? Try your pecs, left, right, both. And after you try maybe your biceps, calves, and pecs, do you feel a difference between these muscles? Are you able to contract one harder than the other? Are you able to isolate? And then the big thing is, can you even contract them at all? So the chest is hard. Yeah. So there, <laughs> there, there's going to be at least on one of those, um, one of those uh, muscles that you just didn't really feel or couldn't really isolate. And that's what we're talking about with the mind-muscle connection. It's harder than it looks. It takes practice. And it is that internal focus. And sometimes if you're not feeling it, like if you're doing bicep curls, but you're not feeling your bicep, it's probably because your shoulders are, are turning on more than your biceps yeah, or, over. or your forearm or whatever the whatever the exercise might be is. If you're not feeling it, it's probably because you don't have a good mind-muscle connection and we need to work on that. 
Anything mm-hmm. anything about that? I saw you flexing over there, Animal. I was I was going through it, and <laughs> the one that was the hardest was the pecs. I'll get there. You'll, you'll get there. It was actually really funny. When we brought up the peck dancing last episode, our friend texted us and said, thanks for the shout-out. <laughs> we're like, how do you know we're talking about you? Yeah, it could have been anyone. So with the mind-muscle connection, there's two types of focus. And so here's where we're going to start trying to pull out some research because – we don't want this episode to be bro science either. <laughs> we were laughing. I was like, what if we just end up making this episode completely bro science? <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty <laughs> ironic. So we do have, we'll have, we'll list all the articles at the end. Uh, they range in their um, levels of evidence that we've talked about in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to read from this one because I thought this was really good. So this is talking about two types of focusing. Okay. So here's what it says. Quote, there are two primary types of attentional focuses that have been identified, internal and external. With an internal focus, the individual thinks about bodily movements during performance. Alternatively, external focus directs the exerciser's attention to the environment. For example, in the squat, an internal focus could be squeeze your glutes as you ascend. Whereas an external focus could be drive the floor away from your body, end quote. So I really, I really like that. Mm-hmm. And some of you might be, as, as you're reading through that going, which one, if any, do I do? Am I, am I giving myself any sort of internal or external focus or cueing? Is somebody, you know, giving me internal or external cues? So like that internal, again, is that internal focus, thinking about what's happening inside the body. And that external is focusing about what's happening around you in the environment. Let mm. me see. Are we about to get there in a second? Yeah, we'll probably get there here in a little bit. But So would you say internal is really focusing on the muscle? And, or I guess even, as Arnold likes to say, let's get it inside the muscle. Yeah, so getting inside the muscle. So I like the squat example, like pushing the floor away. Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's really good. I think maybe like, let's say like in the deadlift, um, you could say like chest up, like as you're driving the floor away, you could give the cue of chest up. So the individual is, is almost thinking outside their body and thinking about driving their chest up versus like, you know, contract your quads, you know, like as you're pushing the floor away or something, they say contract your quads and then mm-hmm. the focus goes back internally. You're, so you're not thinking about driving your chest up. You Maybe your body's naturally doing that, but yeah. now you're trying to go inside the quad and really try and feel it contract. So there, there are yeah. differences and we're going to get to later, you know, what the differences be like, why someone should focus on internal versus external focus and what relates better to athletic performance versus like bodybuilding. And all Would that you say stuff. that you can do either internal or external for isolation and compound lifts? Yeah, we're going to get there. Yeah. 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 But before we even get there, we need, does this actually help? Is there actually any research proving the mind-muscle connection and it actually working. So there, ha- there are some studies out there, and I do want to go through this one because it's actually a, it's a it's a really cool study. Um, it's called differential effects on attentional focus strategies during long-term resistance training. So uh, that whole internal versus external. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to kind of break down the study. It's uh, hopefully it doesn't get too monotonous since I, you know I'm not the funny one and Annabelle is blah blah blah. Listen, we need you, Cam. <laughs> Come on, Doc. So the purpose of this study was, again, to investigate the internal versus external focus during resistance training and seeing what kind of muscular adaptations occurred. 
Okay. So this study, they got 30 untrained college men and they assigned them to two groups. One that was going to get the internal focus and the other, the external focus and see what the outcome of hypertrophy was on some of these lifts. So the, both the training routine consisted of three weekly sessions on non-consecutive days. And they, they looked at this for eight weeks. So, so they all trained on the same day and or had the same number of days off during the week. And they did the same amount of time. Each exercise was performed for four sets of eight to 12 reps. Changes, were, changes in strength were, excess, were assessed by a six repetition max on the bicep curl and isometric maximal voluntary contraction of the knee extension and elbow flexion. So basically looking at biceps and quads. They mm -hmm. looked at the muscle thickness and the biceps and the quad and the quad, and that was assessed by ultrasound. So they actually looked into the muscle to see if there was any changes before the study versus after the study and in between the groups. So here were the results. The results showed significant, significantly greater increases in elbow flexor thickness of so the bicep in the internal group versus the external group. And similar changes were noted in the quad. So for isometric elbow strength was greater for internal while the knee or the quad strength was greater for external, but none of those really reached significant significance. So their overall findings lend support to the use of the mind-muscle connection of internal to enhance muscle hypertrophy. That was a lot. What are your thoughts there, Annabelle? So it's true. Uh, I mean, yeah, this, this study did, and obviously if you go through it, there's going to be some mm -hmm. biases and things that uh, weren't done, you know, the best, but there are more studies coming out like this. Yeah, it's always like we've talked about in other episodes, how you set up the study, who's reviewing the study, and yeah. But well, I, but it, it does lead into, well, and this next question is, do the benefits change for different muscles? So like, you know, in that study, they looked at the bicep versus the quad. Mm -hmm. The quad being obviously a way bigger and more powerful muscle than the bicep. Yep. So this is what we would suggest, okay? So if you're going to do external focus, we think you need to focus that for the compound lifts. So like when you're doing your squat and you're going heavier for strength, because we saw that, you know, the bigger muscles had a better strength uh, result than just hypertrophy result in that study, then we think that focusing on driving your hips up in the squat, pushing the floor away. Some of those external cues are better because it's going to help you get stronger and lift heavier weights. You're not mm -hmm. so focused on, oh, I need to feel my, you know, glute as soon as this is like, no, just get the weight up, get the weight down, do whatever sort of external cues you can. And then we would suggest for internal focus to be for isolation lifts, like for your bicep, doing a bicep curl. It doesn't matter about the weight you're throwing around. It's like, can I get inside the muscle? Can I squeeze that muscle and feel it contract and feel the pump? So that's kind of, that answers the question from earlier on like, which one would you do for which? So the compound. Yeah, that's simple. That's an easy way to understand is compound generally go with external focus. Like those cues that Cam was saying. And then for isolation lift, it's a little bit easier to focus on the internal. Yeah. Exactly. And obviously, mm -hmm. you can mix it up. You can go really heavy on bicep curls, and maybe that's what you're trying to do. Like, you're not trying to feel it, and you're just trying to significantly overload it for right. for like a season. 
and then maybe the same thing on um, for bench. Maybe you need to go light, and you are trying to like squeeze the tricep or the pecs. <clears throat> and there is a study, again, we'll link it down below when we get into some of the tips, that did look at the bench press, and, look, and they looked at pecs, triceps, and shoulders. And I think they did... Uh, they did, I think, on a and a muscle. I gotta pull it up real quick. They basically looked at yeah. They basically looked at how hard the muscle can contract during the bench press. Yeah, here it is. Um, and they found oh they did again they did an EMG study on the tricep muscles and the pectoralis, and they found that if you backed off to sixty percent of your one rep max, you got better pectoralis and tricep contractions, which would make sense. You back off the weight. You're able to focus less on like, I just got to get the weight up. Now, like I can actually try and feel the muscle. Now both have their, you know, pros and cons. Like one, you're not going to get stronger if you're not lifting heavier weights. But then the other thing is, well, maybe I'm just trying to do it for, you know, the mind muscle connection and getting that pump. You know, it's all depending on what you're trying to for, do. What are you training for? Exactly. What are you yeah. training for? And there's a season for everything, but in general, external for compound, internal focus for isolation is what we suggest. No, which it makes sense. And I, I know a lot of people say, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll ask you what you think about this. Does this, is this going to help you become stronger? I think, I think in the long term it can. I think potentially it can. So <clears throat> if you can feel your pecs more, like on a lighter exercise, that's only going to help when you do like a compound lift and quote on like feeling the muscle when you do like yeah. maybe your focus isn't on it, but you'll be able to contract it better anyway. And I think so. I, I was going to get to that. I think it's like a yes or no. Maybe it can help you to what you were saying, because maybe you're not doing the movement right. But when you build the mind muscle connection and like you can. Um, now you can feel your chest when you're benching. You're like, okay, now I know when I'm doing it properly. I'm proper. I'm activating the right muscles, the techniques, correct. So I'm able to progress more, which then means you will get stronger. You yeah, can add more weight. I, yeah. I don't think this is like an either or. Like I think this is a is an and both. Like you yeah. need to, you need to have both internal and external focus. You need to work on mind muscle, and you also need to work on heavy compressive uh, progressive overload. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a one or the other. No, I think it's it's definitely a good tool. I know what we've we've done it before too. With some of our warm ups, we try to do some some isolation with some band work, and for that very same reason, to feel the muscle. And we've talked about it. It makes a big difference once we're either going to squat or do a heavy bench. It's like okay, the weight's moving different. I so. I, I would agree with that. So we do have some we do have some tips for you guys like okay great this is it seems like there's some evidence this is most likely not bro science it looks like there's more studies coming semi out bro science yeah we'll give <laughs> it's semi pro <laughs> is that will ferrell you know uh, oh, about? i think it is that old movie yeah yeah, yeah. semi bro <laughs> okay here's All some right. tips uh annabelle let them know oh uh, one thing this is probably more for beginners so if you're like a really experienced lifter, you're probably past this. You can definitely give this a shot. But if you're a beginner, this is this is definitely something you can tips you can focus on to maximize the mind muscle connection. Give us number one, Annabelle. So you need to lower the weight and you need to focus on the squeeze. So really trying to feel the muscle whenever you're doing the, the movement. Yeah, leave your ego at the door. 
like that study we showed earlier that looked at if you backed off 60% on the bench press, there was greater contractions of the pec and the triceps. Now, again, that's not going to translate well to like just overall strength, but in terms of muscle contraction and potential for hypertrophy, this is, this is, this is a good one. Yeah. Like long-term long-term lower the weight, focus on the squeeze. This next one's pretty funny. And, um, I <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. On, honestly, practice flexing. And it sounds really weird. And maybe you need to do that, you know, in the bathroom alone, like, and maybe you're, you know, self-conscious about it and don't want to do it in the gym. But like we said about, like we said earlier, like if you can't contract your bicep, you need to work us on flexing that muscle. If you can't do a lat spread where you can like flex your lats, you can't squeeze your quads, you can't squeeze your glutes. You need to fat, you need to work on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to, we're not going to give specific protocols on this or like blah, blah, blah. But I would just say, spend a, spend a couple seconds up to 30 trying to like practice contracting muscles different, like left first rise then together. And, you know, maybe just focus on the ones that you really can't feel. And you can do that after an exercise. You can do that at night where no one else is watching, <laughs> whatever. Like, I don't want you yeah. to feel like, you know, you're douchey or whatever for flexing in the mirror. But there is some, there's probably some benefits for I mean, you fl- do it anyways, right? Yeah, everyone does it. What's number three, Annabelle? Okay, here here's a big one. is the internal versus external focus. Maybe for a season, try to really get inside your muscle, feel it. Um, as you're going through that movement and instead of focusing on external cues. So what was the example you gave Cam about? It was like push the floor away push versus floor. squeezing your glutes. Exactly. So focus on your glutes, focus on the bicep for a season to really help train your, your honestly, your mind and muscle. Right. So and you can tell it what to do. Exactly. And then these these aren't like, I mean, you can definitely do all of these three so far. Like it doesn't have to be you just do one and you don't do the other. It's like, you can definitely try all of these things. And I think if you do all these things, these four tips, it's just going to help maximize versus like just doing one of them. Cause the last one, number four is you want to try and perform the movement slowly and create some tension. So like, instead of just swinging your bicep curls and just swinging it up, like try and feel the muscle, go slow, feel it individually, you know, coming up and coming down, like as the muscle fibers contract. And I relax. think number four is going to be one that, might be a little bit easier for most people to want to, or I guess to incorporate. Maybe they don't want to flex. Maybe they don't want to focus. But if you, that's one of your favorite, Cam, own the movement, number oh. four. If you really go on the way, we'll do the curl. Very, very slow, focusing on the on on the lift as a whole, and then owning it very slowly on the way down. You're, one, you're going to have to back up on weights mm-hmm. because – you're really going to be is- almost in a way isolating the bicep completely because you're not going to be using your shoulders. It's humbling. Man, it. I feel greater benefits on my bicep or I feel my biceps more afterwards when I do it, when I perform it that way than how I have in the past when you're kind of just swinging it up. Yeah, you're doing more weight, but something else, man. No, I, I, to- I totally agree. And again, well, I, I want to just keep clarifying some of these things too is if you're for athletic performance, speed, power, agility, like you don't want to do a movement slowly. You want to try and exactly. do it more fast. And like, if you're going for strength, you don't want to do a movement slowly. We're talking about the mind muscle connection and potential for hypertrophy. So don't get these things. Mixed yeah. I up. guess that's 
people are like putting everything into a bot. There's a lot of different ways to train and lift. It just depends on what you're working towards. Yeah, and there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what we want to kind of just say to summarize everything today is that there is more evidence in regards to that mind-muscle connection being a predictor of muscle hypertrophy. We don't believe it's bro science, but we still think there's more research that's needing to be done. Semi-bro. Semi-bro. <laughs> and uh, we also think that the external focus is most likely better for compound lifts, like your squat and bench and deadlift, while the internal focus is going to be better for isolation lifts, biceps, triceps, quads, more you're trying to more um, focus on and call out one muscle versus a group of muscles or a movement. Yeah, external compound, internal isolation. Right. Um, so what do you want them to try to do? So we gave you four options, which were lower the weight so you can focus on the squeeze, practice flexing, focusing on the internal cues versus the external cues, and then the other one was to perform the movement slowly to create that tension. Yeah. Now, pick one of these, one that you can start incorporating into your routine to help build that mind-to-muscle connection and I think is is that just pick one. Yeah. So again, if you think something is bro science, uh, or you have a question about something, you can always DM us. You can, you know, we're trying to revamp our social media here. We're going to try and post more, more and better content versus just it's lacking guys. Yeah, <laughs> we, we put most of, we put most of our time into the podcast and not into most much into social. But we are realizing we need to probably put a little bit more time and energy into social so that, you know, people can actually find the podcast and, and digest maybe some of our long form content better into some short form. So that is coming. I know we've been saying it for a while. It's just it's it's hard when we both work full time jobs mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to create the best podcast that we can make. But we if, just don't show up on podcast day, guys. We put some work. This into is it. game day, baby. It's game day, baby. Coach Prime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Just remember, you are human and we should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. All right, guys. See ya. See ya.